live and local. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M breakfast. Are we we going? We started the podcast yeah, recording. Started. Yeah, this is it. Shall I? Shall I? You know, I know you're. You can be a bit shy and a bit. Um, <laughs> I'm, a bit I'm a bit of a coy anchor. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Triple M. Um, if, if that's okay. <laughs> it's Triple M breakfast. If that's all right with you. Um. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Shall I? Shall I leave this? Shall we? Yeah, shall I, we get a go? Let me let me take my feet up uh, as far as direction in this show. Let goes. me lean over the desk and I'll I'll pop your mic off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take it from here, champ. <laughs> I'll take it from here. Hey, uh, this is second one that we've done. Mm. For second uh, official pod. Official pod, which we're doing, and if you listen, we to did this, those underground street tapes. We that did, are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we released. yeah. Um, if you're listening to this over the uh, Australia Long Weekend here in Australia. Um, Happy long weekend. Mm. If you worked on Friday. Happy weekend. If it is Friday and you're working currently, peace be with you. If it's not Friday, if it's just a day of the week, if you're listening to this five years in the future, then hey. It was a great day. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. How'd you get here? We'd love to know the rabbit hole you fell down to yeah. get here in the year 2029. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, in today's podcast, lots of uh, bits from the show that, across the week that you might have missed. Yes. Bits that we found either interesting. Or funny, mm-hmm. or none of the above, or none of the above. It's, this is just bits. Do we just bits randomly picked on a wheel? It, it, a real lucky dip of bits from the show, and I hope they're good. Gosh, I hope they're good, Josh. Yeah. Um, and look, just something that couldn't quite make it to the show, but I did want to address and talk to you with. Um, it's a headline. We've been talking about the Daily Mail a bit lately because there was an interesting article about them reporting on Scott Morrison, who uh, wrapped up being yep. a, a politician this week. Yeah, and uh, the Daily Mail reporting about him visiting the IGA, pretty interesting. In thongs, getting what was he getting? Onions, green onions, Josh. Green, green onions, green onions. I thought they were brown and red and white. onions. I think green onions might be kind of like a spring onion or a shallot, possibly. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an onion guy. Yeah, no, me neither. One three hundred nine two five triple six. Are you an onion guy? <laughs> Give us a call. We'll take the calls over the long weekend. Yeah. This is 2029. And this is this is hard-hitting journalism at its finest. Can I read to you, and to people listening to the podcast, a headline that I don't think we could talk about on air, but I think on the podcast we've been given express permission by our boss to be a bit cheekier. Okay. All right. A bit more larrikins. This is uh, from the Daily Mail. So again, hard-hitting journalism. Uh Darwin man accidentally exposes himself at Hungry Jack's drive-thru after Super Viagra orgy backfires dramatically. There's a lot uh, to unpack. There's a lot to unpack there. There's so many layers, like an onion, in that um, title. Yes. So yeah. start, read the first little section again. Darwin man accidentally exposes himself. So he's in Darwin. It's yeah. hot. It's sweaty. At a Hungry Jack's drive-thru. He's exposing himself at a Hungry Jack's drive-thru. After taking Super Viagra. Super Viagra. Bit more powerful than normal Viagra. On the way to an orgy. Backfires dramatically. Orgy. Sweaty Darwin. It's hot stinking mess. I would have, you know, I reckon if you were like the mayor of Darwin, surely you go, I reckon guys, we just don't do the orgy thing. <laughs> I reckon. Unless the aircon is amazing. You'd have to be in a freezer. You know those like ice yeah. bars? Yeah. You can yeah. only have orgies in ice bars. Yeah. If you're, uh, or like the back of a restaurant in the in the cool room. <laughs> in the cool room? I don't know if I want to go to that restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you order if you order like any of the seafood or anything that has to be kept on ice, you go, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want super Viagra all the, over it. I'll take tepid room water. Ta- uh, water, please. That's all. And that'll be all I need. Um, 
Look, I'll, I've read ahead a little bit. Can I read to you the, the first few paragraphs? Yeah. That just the few first few paragraphs do give a bit of the gist of it. Okay. And I'll, I'll preface this by saying he's not a great guy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, there are aspects of this where I go, okay, well, hmm, backfires dramatically might be a generous read. Yep. But... An Aussie bloke whose experiment with Super Viagra ended with him accidentally flashing a teenager working in a Hungry Jacks has been shown mercy by a judge. David Bruce Richardson's eye-watering account of his Viagra overdose uh, has been ruled as having no sexual intent when he accidentally <laughs> exposed himself to someone working at a drive-through. Mm. Now, this is where this is this is probably the more ac- uh, accurate detail of what happened. Mr. Richardson's ill-fated, fair enough, Hungry Jack's run last September took place a day after he took a sexual enhancement drug called Pitbull Super. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. 305. Uh, Prior to attending an orgy with, in quotations, friends at a local hotel. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) While Pitbull Super is advertised as a natural formula, it is in fact containing the prescription-only drugs Sildenafil, Viagra, and Tadalafil Cialis, which are used to treat erectile dysfunction in men. So the the, the combination is doubled up on. Yep. Uh, so he is physically Mr. Worldwide. I mean, I don't know how girthy he is. Yeah. As a result of taking the pill, which is not approved by the TGA, uh, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, I think, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Richardson's erection would not subside and became extremely painful. So he's had he's had it for over twenty four hours. That is that is. Surely a form of torture. Um, the Americans should start doing this to the people they've got in custody. He was with a number of young ladies and they were having relations and he says that his erection would not cease and it became extremely painful. This is at the orgy, allegedly. Okay. At least... Does the Daily Mail have a reporter at the orgy taking these statements? <laughs> in the corner? Hi, guys. I'm live at the orgy at the Darwin Hotel and let me tell you, it is humid in here. <laughs> There are a lot of caution wet signs up on the floor and on the wall and on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, he pulled into Hungry Jack's, purchased some food. There was a towel. He says he didn't get out of the car. He was dreadfully embarrassed. It sounds like by the police reports that the man had a towel over his member whilst he was at the drive through because okay. he couldn't uh, relax. Uh-huh. And I guess pants were too constrictive. Oh, okay. Now I understand. He couldn't put pants. Well, that makes sense. He couldn't put pants on. And he's actually been given, like, granted quite a bit of leniency by the judge and the court that he went through because, yeah, I mean, a pretty horrific thing for the kid working at the drive-thru to encounter, but it actually sounds like... An innocent mistake. I don't know how innocent... Well, in, maybe know, not innocent's the right it, word, but... Not, not as... Um, not intentional. Not as ill-intended as, you know, it does sound like. Yeah. But it's just, just probably an all-time headline. Yeah. You'd say. Oh, great headline. Um, this podcast, also, just to quickly, I'm just going to do a quick ad read, by the way. I've sold, we've sold some advertising here for the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Nick and Josh's podcast today brought to you by Pitbull Super. <laughs> 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 when you're hard of hearing, <laughs> I don't know, if, I don't know what, what you'd be hard of when you listen to a podcast. <laughs> no, pop one of us when you, uh, pop a Pitbull Super <laughs> after the show, after the show's finished up. Yeah. Oh, you could do one before the show and like balance the phone on. Oh, interesting. Just, <laughs> like, you know, um, I, I think it's like a circus skill, but you know how they yeah. do the, like the plates on a, like yeah. a chopstick? <laughs> so spin, yeah. spin the phone on top of it. Yeah. And then um, you'll get like us and then it'll be quieter and then it'll be louder and then it'll be quieter. Oh, it's a round sound. Yeah. You know, if it spins fast enough, you get a, I don't quite know, is it centrifugal force? You might not even know it's spinning. 
Who's to say? Something like that. Yeah, I'm it's sure. Not a smart podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's a premium podcast. Uh, it's, it's very premium. Stuff that you, we, you wouldn't get on air. Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to touch on before we jump into uh, what are you doing for the long weekend? We are heading into the Australia long weekend. Yeah, probably some barbecue with some friends. Barbecues with friends. Every day. Really? Every Genuinely, meal. Every, every, every meal. Every meal. Even when I'm uninvited. Even when I'm uninvited. No, I just walk around the parks and if someone's having a barbecue, I go, guys, what's happening? Yeah, and you then, know what would be fun to become is a guy and he's like 40s or 50s who just sort of wanders, has his hands behind his back and we'll just approach people and go, How, oh, Barbie today, hey? Weather's, oh, weather's we- pretty good, eh? Hey? Weather for it. Weather for oh. it. And then just be there for a long enough period of time. What, what? What amount of time do you think you would have to be talking to a stranger while the barbecue is cooking for this for the family who's cooking the barbecue to then offer that stranger a sausage? Oh, that's interesting. Or would um, you be talking to the stranger for like an hour, two hours, and then not offer them a sausage? Because that's pretty, you know. I think, are, are they cooking from the second the stranger rocks up? They're cooking, yeah, they're cooking as the stranger rocks yeah, up. Yeah. And, I think there's, I honestly think there's probably no length of time that that could happen unless the stranger is dealing out some absurdly good conversation. Yeah. Like if, you know, if you were a complete stranger rock up to me and we're, and we're making small talk, we could make small talk for half an hour. I'm not giving you my family's food. But if you make, if you have 10 minutes in, and in that 10 to 15 minute window, if you give me good conversation. We bond. Have some great chat. Yeah. I'll, I'll offer you. Yeah. If I've got food to spare. Yeah, absolutely. Or if one of my kids, I'm like, ah, oh, you've been a bit of a shit today. Yeah, you could probably fast. <laughs> you probably fast. You know what? Um, <laughs> you know, I think your sausage now goes to... Jerry. Now, now goes to... Was it Jerry? Sorry, I didn't catch your name. <laughs> yeah. But I have, I have written you into the family will. We've just bonded that hard over 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to know. Maybe yeah. I'll try that over the Aussie Day weekend. Do uh, do some get some free food that way. People yeah. talk about the cost of living crisis. There are ways around food. Absolutely. You know? That's what bins are for. You're anything to make food, to make money, opportunities. Speaking of money, Pitbull Super. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the lights on. Um, anyway, that's what I'll be doing over the long weekend. Pitbull Super. <laughs> Pitbull Super. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you know, actually their tagline should be the long weekend Viagra. <laughs> you know, you pop one at the start. Never have to do it again. You'll have to you go go through the whole long weekend. Avoid drive-throughs, obviously. Yeah. Avoid please avoid barbecues in public parks. Yeah. Do you worry? Um, I don't know. Worry might not be the right term, but some worry might be attached to this. Do you think our bosses listen to the podcast? Because I don't. I don't believe so. Do you I think? Don't think so. Do you think, think Big Boss Mal listens? I think they've probably got more important things to fill their time with. You think we're small fish in a big pond? Well, I feel like a small fish. Wow. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're losing steam. We are keen to relax over the long weekend. Hopefully, yeah. if you are listening to this as of you know the Thursday, Friday when it drops, hopefully you're ready for your long weekend. If it's after it, hopefully you enjoyed your long weekend. Stay safe out there on the roads. Uh, there's a chat with the CEO of the TAC in here this morning as well. So yes. you know, get some tips about where you can just relax and take it easy whilst mm. you're out there on the road if you are taking some long trips over the uh, long weekend. Greater Visitor, Greater Shepparton Visitor Centre, premium uh, spot. Yeah can corroborate that. Yep. You went just for the look-see? I I went, and geez, it's premium. It is premium. I did more than pause and stop. I... (laughs) (laughs) What else did you do there? I paused to say, I was like, I paused? And I was like, oh, that is the, that is it. That is the Greater Visitor, that's the Greater Shepherd and Visitor Uh Centre. I stopped Uh so I could turn and go into it. 
and um, stayed. <laughs> so, so it's a poor stop stay. Rivet, riveting. Poor stop stay. Amazing. Some would argue that stop and stay are the same. <laughs> Inherently very similar, preventing your movement forward. But uh, yeah, you know, I'll get to, I'll get onto the TAC and see yep. if they want them. Yeah, we'll let, anyway, we'll let them go. We're done. Bye. <laughs> Your local breakfast show, Nick and Josh for breakfast, Triple M. It's a big night, Josh. $150 million is on the table. You've got yourself a ticket. Tonight is the night, baby. You're going to be getting rich and you might not rock up on Monday morning after the long weekend. That's right. Or I could roll up in a Rolls Royce. Yeah, $150 million for Powerball. You know, some Aussies are going to hopefully claim a good chunk of that. One Aussie might claim it all, you know. Uh, it's a lot of money. But there are a lot of question marks that come along with the exclamation mark of, I won. Yeah. Uh, we don't know the answers to all these things, but someone that does is Scott Phillips of the Motley Fool Money podcast, available on Listener and your favourite platforms. He joins us now to answer some of the Powerball questions that we've got. Good morning, Scott. Nick, Josh, good morning. All right, let's pretend for a quick second here, Scott, that one yeah. of the three of us actually gets it. Um, yeah. First of all, congratulations. Well, oh. th- thank you, because I was going to say I, I, I will actually win, so I, I appreciate you guys asking the hypothetical question. Uh, it makes me think about what I'm going to do when I do win, so that, that's, that's important. Yeah, it's nice It's nice to think of. Yeah, it's good to have a plan. Uh, look, <laughs> Scott, if it does happen, $150 million, is, does that come as like, are we getting that as a lump sum? How do we actually, how does one claim when they win such a high amount of money on the lotto? It is incredible, isn't it? So here's the thing, in almost all of those lotto wins in Australia, it is absolutely given to you as a lump sum. There is a lotto product they sell called Set for Life, where you get an amount of money every month. Uh, some of them, uh, in that case, do let you choose between a, a small lump sum and a larger total amount over monthly. But every other thing like Powerball, absolutely get the lump sum in well, I was going to say, yeah, hot little hands. In the bank account, uh, it, I, I can't imagine that many zeros on a bank account, but, yeah, that's exactly what happens. If you win lotto, the lump sum gets transferred to you and you've got to work out what to do with it. I don't know if my phone is wide enough to, to, feature, all those, to feature all those zeros. There's a lot of zeros, but it usually comes before the one five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After this small place, is no good, guys. It doesn't matter how many zeros you've got in the sense column, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, goodness. It is, it's scary to think about such a large mm-hmm. amount of money. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the government taking their slice, what are we talking? What are we talking there? What happens with that? You know the best thing about Lotto wins. It is the one time in Australia you can actually get some dosh and not have to give some over to the tax man. Oh, which you is not? pretty. No, you do not. In, in the US, you got to pay tax on it. In Australia, if you win a game of chance, it is not taxable. If you are a professional gambler, then you're considered to be doing that for income, and so you do actually have to have to declare it in Australia. If you win Lotto. The taxman won't see a single cent of it. It's a uh, look. I mean, I reckon you win one hundred fifty million dollars. You can probably afford to give a couple of dollars to somebody else. But sure. yeah, no, you get to keep the absolute lot of it. That's, that's I'd so probably it's... just give some anyway, just to be nice. Yeah, give, <laughs> yeah, sure. Give some to Albanese. Be like, here you go. You guys, <laughs> you guys, clean eat it. Uh, that's an interesting. You're struggling, yeah. yeah. An interesting point you bring up there, Scott, is uh, if you are a professional gambler, then obviously mm-hmm. it becomes a different thing. Uh, there are a lot of people that you know. Josh has bought his ticket and yes. you've just got the one correct the one ticket Josh I've got the one ticket I mean it's the first time I've done it so I've got the one ticket but of it there's it's a quick pick so there's multiple kind yeah. of variations on it yeah. Scott how many tickets would an individual have to have bought or what what is the class, classification here of a professional gambler because you know there are people that buy tickets to the, these all the time like where's the distinction 
if you're so, so if, if you're an inveterate gambler, it's different from being a professional gambler. So if you're just someone who buys a lot of tickets, that's probably just uh, a good way to lose a lot of money given the odds of actually winning. Uh, but it's if you do it for to, to, to get an income. And we're normally talking here about people who would be normally not so much even lotto uh, ticket buyers because there's not a lot of skill involved. Mm. But I'm thinking about professional, if you if you play the casinos, the cards, if you bet on the horse races, literally that's a job. You're betting every race, trying to play the odds. Um, those people actually do try and do it for a quid. You're basically the reverse of a bookmaker, uh, where you're saying, okay, well, I know the odds of this race. And the professional gamblers, for what it's worth, when it comes to horse races, they bet on almost every horse in the race, but they bet on it in, with different amounts. So that you put 100 bucks on the favorite, you put a dollar on the 101 shot, you kind of, you, and you basically, they try and win about 10 or 15% per race, rather than you know, trying to get the big win, pick the one horse that wins. So yeah, no, no one buying a ticket tonight's in danger of being called a professional gambler. You've got to actually do it for income. Uh, if all you do is buy tickets and don't make, don't make anything, or you spend a hundred bucks on tickets and make eighty bucks back, uh, the ATR is not coming after you. That's not, you don't make any money on it anyway. So that's the other part of the problem. So keep the radio gig, Josh. Yeah, yeah. We should we should oh probably God, yeah. we should probably also say please gamble responsibly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, that's the small. other thing, right? The odds are the odds are extraordinarily small. Yeah. And the reason why a lot of companies play run a lotto because they win and we don't. The house always wins. It's the uh, same as the casinos. Uh, the fact that someone is going to win the lotto, maybe tonight, maybe jackpots again, who knows? Maybe a few people will win it. The, the amount of money being spent on tickets will dwarf the jackpot. And so be really, really careful just because the number seems big. Your odds aren't, and that's the other thing, by the way, your odds aren't any better of winning $150 million lotto than a million dollar lotto. And so hmm. even though the number is bigger, your chance of winning are still so infinitesimally small, you're probably more likely to hit by lightning, quite honestly. So just be, just be careful. Just because the number's big doesn't mean you're likely to win. Not great news because there's quite a few storms and thunderstorms across the GV today. So play your odds safely, people. Good luck if you're in it. Scott, thank you so much for your time this morning, mate. I've like got a dream. Thanks, guys. Triple M. Nick and Josh for breakfast. This has been going on since last year. I reckon the middle of last year we got news that the menu log caddy was coming to the Move Museum. Now, you may uh, recognise the menu log, Caddy, if you've seen it. It's from, uh, obviously, the menu log ads. Did somebody say menu log? Yeah, that's right. Um, look, it's a very, if you did win this, would you drive it around? It's a bright orange convertible, uh, I mean, Cadillac, 1964 Cadillac Coupe de Lowrider. Yeah, it's, it's a nice car, but I'll say this. It does say a menu log and have like a QR code on the side. Um, do you have to keep the, the QR code? Because I'm worried every time that I park, someone's going to come up and try and scan my car. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the rules are about keeping the menu log on the side and the and the QR code. But yeah. um, I could you just imagine one of us, probably me, because I'd probably look the best in it. Interesting choice. Um, <laughs> could you imagine us rocking Kids up sit in the back? <laughs> With my big black dog in the back, um, dry, like like pulling up here at work at five o'clock in the morning, it, <laughs> you would become truly one of the GV's most iconic. They wouldn't even know you did this show. No, because frankly, no one does anyway. No, no one knows where in here. <laughs> but if you were just this guy that was just rolling around in the menu log caddy, yeah. Um, with again the massive kids seat in the back <laughs> and a dog hanging out the side, it actually it sort of starts to verge down. Um, Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. territory. It's like a cartoon character. Absolutely. Um, So you would need to develop other zanier parts of your personality. Yeah. Um, The raffle has been running from October, and it's going to be drawn on Saturday, the 20th of April, 5 p.m. Um, So tickets are still on on sale. They're 20 bucks each. 
Uh, so get in ASAP if you want to win that beautiful machine. They've run it for a while. It's a long time. October. It October it started. That goes until April to get tickets. Until April, twentieth of April. How do we know? How does it cost to enter, or is this just just you have to twenty bucks? Twenty bucks a ticket. Twenty bucks a ticket. Mm. Jeez. Well, if you did, there are other prizes though. There are uh, ten runner-up prizes for uh, Move annual membership as well. Car? Pretty, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> it's me. Me, you look like we can't give you the. Uh, the have, you thousand... been, have you been to the Move Museum? No, it's fantastic. Maybe I'll win win the pass to the Move Museum, steal the caddy whilst. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. Back in 2024, usually on a Friday morning, we're doing it Thursday morning this morning. It's Ariana from Activities in the Park. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Oh. And to you. First time meeting you uh, in the studio, Ariana. So far, great energy, and hopefully the events we've got coming up uh, carrying through the same. Um, let's hope. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> what, what, what's going no, on? No, is that the wrong thing to say? No, absolutely. Okay, just kidding. Yeah, I'm no. so sorry. Okay, well, I'll just jump right into it. And I think I'm going to lead into this well after you saying that. Circus skills. Like, yeah. who doesn't want to learn how to be a clown? No. <laughs> I, learned, I learned how to juggle at circus skills in, in, uh, in primary school. Very. What's your current juggling capabilities like? I can do, I can have three balls or bananas. Sure. And I can do, I can <laughs> do. Versatile. <laughs> I, and I can do like a couple of I can do a couple of rounds with the balls. All right, mm. I, I can do three. No bananas though. No bananas. Absolutely. Ariana, have you got any circus skills as well? Uh, yeah, solid two juggling skills. Two. Left, right, left, right, left, right. <laughs> just, just holding Boom. things, not dropping it. There you go. So, when I circus mean, skills on? I think that it's going to be more than juggling because it is for smaller kids, Amazing. and I have a five year old. There's no chance that they're going to be able to do that. They so. don't have the dexterity for it. <laughs> but this is on Sunday, the 28th, and it's from 10 to 12 at like old. Faithful Kids Town in Marupna, and I think people are going to love that. Can I jump to the next one? Of course. Absolutely. Okay, so this one's completely... Thank you for asking permission, by the way, like <laughs> a, a teacher or a principal. Me, uh, I just want to know what's allowed in here. So I, I don't know. Can you, Ariana? <laughs> can you jump to the next one? I mean, actually, the next one is a good one to jump into. This is completely different than circus skills and definitely for a different demographic because this is not for kids. Um, this is going to be on Wednesday of next week, so it'll be before I see you next. Uh, we're going to do a box fit session, and I'm pretty excited about this. It starts at 6 o'clock. It's going to be at the northern grassy area of the lake. Um, it's not contact, so don't worry. Nobody's going to get, like, properly socked up out there. It's no. just, you know, learn how to get a little bit of fitness going on, punch a bit of air, and uh, burn some calories. Yeah. Unleash a little bit of pent-up frustration. When I think of box fit, I think of moving. I suppose if, oh. you, are, house. if you are quite, if you have a lot of stuff, you would yeah. probably get box quite fit. a workout. Yeah. You get pretty box fit if you oh. move a lot. Should we change the name? What, to moving <laughs> out or something? <laughs> <laughs> moving out. Well, you can run a separate uh, arrival oh, fitness next class. To it. <laughs> uh, do you go to this one uh, from time to time, Ariana? Um, I actually used to coach them. Oh, okay. So um, I haven't been to this one. You know what? I'll go. I'm going to be go. there. Let's go. That's the stamp of approval we need for these activities. Okay. Ariana's willing to stump up. You'll go to Box Fit. Uh, Josh and I will go to Circus oh. Skills. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to that one. And we'll show those five-year-olds how to juggle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, round it out for us. Give us one more before we let you go, Ariana. Okay, giant bubble play. Love when it. I, I mean, Love I it. thought Love that. that. <laughs> Listen, bubble play, I was like, what is that? We had it a couple of, uh, or I almost said a couple weeks ago, completely forgetting that I've been away for a month. So a couple of months ago, we had one at Murchison, like, a, a, a ton of people came out for this. Yeah. And I thought, okay, it's giant bubble play. But, mm -hmm. like, they're genuinely huge. My two-year-old is obsessed with bubbles. There you go. Who is isn't? This the, are they big enough? I've seen these where people can get 
like the bubble around them, like they're inside of the bubble? I think it's fair to say that maybe some people could fit and oh, some couldn't. Because I would not want to be the person that's like, yeah, everybody can get in it. And then somebody tries and they're like, no. Well, so children, yes. Children, yes. You're looking at two. I mean, Josh, you're bigger than me. I'm sitting at 6'2". You're mm. the big mountain. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll put that on my resume. Too big for a bubble. Too big for a bubble. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. Children, children will fit safely. Yeah, yeah, I think if you can fit in a hula hoop. That that's a good. Thing. Oh wow, but that big. Yeah, I mean oh, that's wow. why I think an adult could possibly fit, but I don't want to. I don't know how rotund we're going here, so I'm not going to be like, "Yep, everybody can fit in a bubble." That's fair. Maybe that's like the new fitness goal is like, you know, I'm trying to get bubble thin. <laughs> bubble <laughs> I'm trying thin. to get bubble thin. <laughs> trying to get down to bubble thin. Yeah. <laughs> Where, and when is it? One more time. That's actually on a Monday, and it's going to be from 9 a.m. to 10:30 a.m. and. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be at the lake again, and it's going to be near All Abilities Playground. I should say that. So all the kids that are in there, they're going to see the bubbles, and they're going to come in. It's going to be a good time. If you have little kids that are into that, and you can come to something on a Monday, and it's still school holidays, come to this. Beautiful timing. Great. Um, you know, show finishes at 9, Josh, so handy. Yep. We can Maybe miss it. our meeting with the boss and see just if, play with bubbles. See if we're bubble thin. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Amazing. Ariana, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Thank you. Your local breakfast show, Nick and Josh for breakfast, Triple M. I've got a dog. I've got a little staffy, Eleanor. Um, and for dogs across, uh, dog owners across GV, they would know that the etiquette when walking your dog, if it does a number two, if it does its business, you would do what? You would uh, say uh, adios to the little uh, brown fellow and uh, walk away. Uh, no, you're supposed to pick it up <laughs> in the plastic bag and you're supposed to put it in the bin. Yeah, that, yeah. You, you would acknowledge that is the correct thing. I etiquette. would acknowledge that is the correct thing. When, mean, when you've got a bear of a dog that lays four kilo craps on the ground. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you know, Josh doesn't speak on behalf of the Triple M Breakfast Show. <laughs> uh, I just want people across GV to know. No, I do pick them up. If you, have, if you do see me walking my big black... Bear around the lake. It's I just, he's just joking, guys. I'm just, it's a joke. It's, he's, you know, he would never dare. Satire. Uh, <laughs> over in Italy, Josh, such an attitude, refusal to pick up your dog's business could result in a quite hefty fine and potentially see you behind bars. Re- really? They're going that far as putting people behind bars? Yeah, I want to take you right now to the city of Bolzano. It's in northern Italy. And they have ordered dog owners to uh, bring in their dogs for DNA testing to vet clinics. And the idea is they're going to keep a registry, a registry of dog poo DNA. So that way when they find a dog poo on the streets, your neighbor's garden, they can test it against your dog, much like we do fingerprints in this country. Yeah, right. And they can blame your dog and fine your dog. And if you dodge enough of those fines... You'll pay the price. <laughs> it's like SVU Shih Tzu. <laughs> Some of these fines, Josh, actually pretty hefty. Like, if your if your uh, dog is found to have abandoned waste, which is mm-hmm. the technical term apparently, abandoned yeah. waste, looking at fines between four hundred and eighty-three Australian dollars, all the way up to eighteen hundred dollars. Wow. For Does that depend on the size? How? What's that? What's that dependent on the well, size? I would have assumed it was on repeat offenders, but oh, okay. you are right. It might be based on weight, <laughs> <laughs> which you would have to imagine as a police officer, because there's obviously different ranks as to how uh, you know. I would imagine there's good duties you could be doing. Yeah, you know, there's being out there on patrol, you know, being a detective, being a commissioner. Yeah, and if you're drawing, drawing poo duty. <laughs> You're on dog poo duty. Or you take 
you take an emergency call, you yeah. know, you've got the emergency dispatcher, it's like, you know, I need, I need someone to get out to, you know, Wyndham Street right now. Why is that? Has there been horrific murder? Well, it's horrific what I've seen. <laughs> um, and uh, if you do not... If you uh, do not present your dog for DNA testing, you can also get fined. Like you've actually got to pay. Oh, so it's a real weird system they've got run at the moment. So you'd have to take your, I'd have to take my little Eleanor, pay the vet to um, test her poo, to get her on the registry. Wow, that's that's Italy's. You know they say Australia's turned into a nanny state, but I tell you what, Italy, it's going, it's going that way. They're going to put. <laughs> I've always said that about Italy. Forty thousand dogs on the registry. Forty thousand dogs. Really, I thought there'd be more than that in Italy. In one, it's one specific city. Oh, okay. Bolzano. Um, if we have, you know... Which That's we'll, a type of pasta, isn't it? I've made. <laughs> which Bolzano, we're going to make the official sister city of the Golden Valley. <laughs> <laughs> um, if anyone is from Bolzano, we apologise, but you've done the right thing by coming over here yeah. and um, we're not going to fine you for pooing on the side of the... I mean, we'll find you. Your dog. You won't find the dog. We'll f- absolutely, we'll find you. <laughs> Triple M, Nick and Josh for breakfast. Josh, we've known it for a while now, but uh, obviously the GV, a very premium location in Australia. Yes. And now it's been recognised by the TAC, the Transport Accident Commission. Uh, the Greater Shep Visitor Centre specifically has been named as one of their premium pause stop centres. Here to tell us about it is Tracy Slatter, CEO of the TAC. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. How are you going? We're doing very well. Uh, we've known it's premium for a long time, this area. The TAC <laughs> finally seeing the same thing that we are? Yes, no, definitely. Shepparton is a premium location uh, for us, and that's why through our TAC's partnership with the Victorian Tourism Industry Council, uh, we've set up 14 pre- premium poor stop locations at Visitor Information Centre, spread right across every corner of the state, and, of course, Shepparton being one of those locations. It's a it's a tourism mecca. A lot of traffic goes through there and unfortunately um, a high number of uh, accidents as well. So it makes it a, a perfect location for us to get the message out to people uh, to take a break, to pause uh, and plan for their safe journey ahead. Uh, Tracy, it's a, it's a great name. You've given a premium location to stop. We all know, obviously, it's premium. What, but what exactly makes it premium? Is it facilities or, like, actual location? What, what's the criteria there? Yeah, so we did want to make sure that we have a premium location uh, across the whole of the state. Uh, and with Shepparton, it is a mecca for tourism. We do know that it has a high level of visitation, um, it's an excellent centre and also Shepparton is an area with a, unfortunately a high number of accidents and so mm. that's why yeah. it's been chosen as an area where uh, we know that we can get the message out um, to a large number of people. Uh, we have excellent staff at the, at the Visitor Information Centre and they've all been trained up so that they can um, give that message of taking a break uh, for people when they're travelling on the roads. And we know that in rural areas in particular, and regional Victoria, uh, that people tend to be travelling longer distances and they tend to be travelling on higher speed roads. And those two factors mean that it's even more important to be taking a break and be thinking mm-hmm. about safety uh, for for the journey ahead and, and planning that journey uh, so that you do have time to take a break. And drop into the information centre and obviously uh, find out about all of the wonderful attractions in Shepparton so that you can uh, enjoy 
enjoy the trip and not just see it as getting from A to B. Tracy, are we worried heading into this weekend? Because obviously we've got school holidays that are wrapping up, people trying to probably sneak in a last-minute getaway. And, I mean, with Australia Day coming up, is it is this weekend the TAC something, uh, something you specifically look to to make sure we're getting that message out for? Yeah, look, every day is a day to be focused on safety when driving on our roads and particularly in rural and regional Victoria. Mm. Last year was a tragic year on regional roads and 174 of the 299 people who lost their lives on state roads last year occurred in regional Victoria. And the Hume region alone saw an increase of more than 20 lives lost uh, over and above the 2022 year. So every day is a day to be focused. But we know that uh, on long weekends and in, uh, you know, towards the end of the school holiday period, uh, people will be most likely travelling those long distances and trying to get to their destination, whether it's getting back home or having a, a long weekend. And it's those times especially where there's more traffic on the road, where people are perhaps travelling on roads they're not familiar with, travelling long distances, it's a time to be extra cautious. It's a time to plan ahead, uh, to think about where you can take a break. Um, And I certainly encourage people to take a break at our premium, our poor stop locations, uh, including the one in Shepparton. Beautiful. Nothing less than premium for the GV. That's what our attitude is and always will be. Make sure you are staying safe across this long weekend and as we end uh, near on to the uh, end of the school holidays. Tracy Slatter, yep. CEO of the TAC, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Nick and Josh. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. On a international flight recently that I was on, Josh, over sort of the summer, New Year's, Christmas break or whatever, I, whilst flying Jetstar, witnessed their, their solution to a problem with the aeroplane. Okay. And um, look, wasn't like turn it on, on and off again or no, something. They tend not to do that mid-flight. <laughs> I don't only do that when it's parked. Okay, great. Um, but I think you'll you'll see the similarities between the need to turn something off and on here. Okay, because that was actually what I think the answer was. But okay, here we go. Now, fortunately, whilst on this Jetstar flight, it wasn't a issue with the engine. Um, I've seen footage recently of uh, some planes over in like the United States where. The, 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 the doors are flying off mid-flight, like the emergency exits just popping out. Wasn't that. That's not a feature. It's not, <laughs> it's not a convertible. <laughs> it's not a convertible 747. Yeah. What happened was midway through this flight, um, I'd put her in a, maybe her 70s or 80s, a woman in front of me. Um, she'd been watching something and then the screen on the back of her headrest froze mm. and it had been frozen for a long time and then she'd obviously given up and she's like, all right, well, I'm going to get some sleep. But obviously it's very bright, especially when they turn the lights in the cabin down. Mm-hmm. And it was so bright she couldn't sleep, so she flags um, flags down one of the uh, air hostesses, stewardesses, and goes, hey, I'm trying to get some sleep. Could we? Fi- I don't know how to fix my screen. Um, could we perhaps do something about it because I can't sleep, it's too bright. And the, uh, the air hostess goes... Um, Absolutely, let me fix that for you. And she comes back with the solution to the, the screen, right? The, the, the solution here, um, which was several of, you know, in the back of the seat, how they have like menus for the in-flight entertainment yeah. thing? So she got like two or three of those menus and a roll of sticky tape. <laughs> <laughs> and so the... Uh, Classic gen star. <laughs> the air sticky taping the menus to the back of the screen. And the screen's bright enough to still shine through because it's just paper. Yeah. It's just paper. And so this, this older woman, she goes... She's obviously not super impressed by the service. Goes, what are we? Um, maybe we could 
reset it? Um, <laughs> can we turn it off and on again? And the air host, he goes, I don't know if that's actually an option. <laughs> I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can do that. And um, that's so funny. Sticky tape. <laughs> the pilot comes out of the cockpit. Hey, I need that for the wings. <laughs> Which feels like it does feel like a very jet star attitude. Yeah, yeah. and um, I hope that they do approach. I guess like the rest of their um, their aviation services with a slightly more professional attitude. But yeah. if you are flying jet star, if maybe you're going somewhere for the long weekend, take a roll of duct tape just in case. <laughs> Your local breakfast show, Nick and Josh for breakfast, Triple M.